0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's good to see all of you. And those of you that have not been struck with the plague of the flu, it's pretty serious out there. But uh, I'm, I'm grateful I'm here. I'm grateful I'm healthy. And uh, I'm very grateful that you're here, uh, especially if you're a guest here with us today. I want you to know uh, how happy we are. We're fired up that you're here. It's so great. We, we, uh, we, we really focus our church on being a church that we want people to feel welcome especially people who don't normally go to church. Uh, that's huge for us. So as we look at, uh, you know, 2013, we're about 13 days into it. And uh, how, how's your year gone so far? Good, good. Well, we're going to talk about that today, you know, and depending upon how it goes, uh, you know, what we're going to talk about today is going to be uh, very, very useful and helpful and pract- practical for your year. We started uh, our theme last week. Anybody anybody help me with our theme that we started for the year? One more time. Be present. And I'm glad you're present. And I'm present. But uh, we're, we're going to talk about, for five weeks, uh, this theme of vision. And it's 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 a little bit different because we're going to be talking about the future. And I told you last week not to think about the future. I told you to think about right now, the moment you're in. But What we do today affects our future. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's called present vision is our lesson today. And the next week we're going to talk about uh, faith and vision. And uh, it's going to be exciting, but before we get into our, our, our lesson, I wanted to welcome some special people that are here. This afternoon at 3 p.m., we're going to have a, a Celebration of Life uh, memorial service for, to Shell Daniels, and we've got some special guests in the house that are in from Seattle and different places. If you're here out of town for that memorial service, could you please stand up? We want to welcome you. It's great to have you. The Brumleys are here, and great to have you guys. We're really grateful. Uh, Tashel was one of our, our members in the singles ministry. She wasn't here a lot because she was suffering with cancer in her throat and trying to recover from a very, very severe surgery, and she passed last year. Uh, and so we just want to remember her, and you're all invited to come and participate in that uh, memorial service this afternoon at 3 p.m. right here in the temple. But moving into our, our lesson today, talking about vision. I don't know if you've ever been in, a, in this situation you know, where you're driving, and the road's not clear. Uh, you guys haven't not driving yet. You won't understand this. But maybe you were in the passenger seat, and m- mom and dad or big brother or sister were driving. And and what's it like to drive when you can't see? You know, uh, I, I can remember. I can remember very clearly one of the scariest driving moments in my life uh, was not too far from here on the way up to Arrowhead. And uh, it was on the back side, not on the front side of the mountains. It was on the back side where it's even more curvy and there's trees everywhere. And a fog bank came in, or basically clouds at that level, came in. And it was basically a whiteout situation. Could not see. The fog was so thick, literally, I couldn't see maybe a few feet in front of the headlights. That was a scare. And you're turning. You're You're weaving. And And literally, it was white knuckle the whole time, and we thought about pulling over, but there was no place to pull over. We just had to keep going, and you're on the mountain, and you know, you got the abyss over here, and then you got the trees over here, and it, it was it was pretty scary. You know, and I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you can't see where you're going, you're you're blinded. but what what's it compared to this? You know, crystal, clear, Vision driving conditions. Isn't it awesome when you're when you're driving and it's it's beautiful outside? There's no other cars on the road. You can see miles down the road. You got your you've got your navigational system working, and you know exactly where you're going. You're not in a rush to get there, and you could just ah, you know. And there's a great song on the radio, and it's it's everything's working right, and you know exactly where you're going. Isn't that awesome? But I want you to think about life. You know, what are your driving conditions in your life right now? You know, are, are, are they clear? Or is it a white-out fog situation where you cannot see not much more than a few feet in front of you? And this is huge how we, how we choose to live our lives. And, and, and vision is so important. Life requires that we know where we're going. And when we know what we're doing. And so today we're going to talk about vision for this year, but not only for this year, for the future. And here's a proverb that the Bible talks about, and this was written by Solomon. He was one of the kings in the, in the nation of Israel. And he said this, and it's in the King James Version, where there is no vision, the people perish. So what's that tell you about people when visibility is not available. You know, and there are, there are nations that have come apart because they didn't know where they were going. There are companies in our in our society today that go out of business because they don't they don't stay current in their vision, where they're trying to go, what they're all about, they get too spread out, diluted, and and they lose focus. There are people whose lives are destroyed because they don't have a clear vision. And so today we want to clear that up. And, and, and God wants to help us realize this, and, and the encouraging thing is is that He has a vision for every single one of us. and that it's important for you as an individual to have vision for your life. And I don't know if you know it or not, but we as a church have a vision. but I'll, I'll share with that later. Vision transforms our thinking. In a huge way. What we're thinking, it, it affects us. It takes us to a higher place. Vision awakes. It awakes hope. Vision motivates us into action. It gives you a reason to get up in the morning. Why? Because I'm going somewhere. I have, a, I have a plan. I know where I want to be down the road. It motivates us in so many ways. Another thing that vision does for us, it's necessary in every person's life. It's huge. People are excited about life because they have a vision or they suffer from depression. They suffer from discouragement. They get lost in the shuffle because they don't have vision. You were created with it. Did you know that? And you were created for it. Every single one of us have the ability and have the gift, because God gave it to us, to see things, to visualize things. And I'm going I'm to show you this to you in a, in a way that you may, you may not realize, but this is a quote from Andy Stanley. He says this, A vision invites us to imagine the future in a way that demands us to change in the present. What does vision have to do with today? Everything. See, because when you have a vision, it affects your present moment. This is a great quote. It invites you, vision invites you to imagine a future in a way that it asks something of you view today. It's asking you right now where you're sitting, it's asking you, hey, I'm inviting you. It's demanding something of you to change who you are today so that you can realize that vision. I mean look at all the amazing things that we have at our disposal today all the technology I don't know if you you know go to the movies sometimes and you watch some of these movies like the hobbit and you and you just you just look I mean the storyline whatever you know but you just look at the creativity that these people put these things together these these images and you go wow how did they do that you know or you go back a long time maybe it's dated now but You know, Star Wars. I remember when that movie came out and you were just blown away and you see spaceships and you're going, wow, how did they do that? And all the things that we have at our disposal, it's crazy. You know where all those things come from? People with vision. And everybody has it. You say, well, I'm not really a visionary. Oh, yes, you are. I'm going to show you how you are. There was a Stanford research study that tells us 89%, 89% of what we learn is what? You know, you hear people say, well, I'm a visual person. I got news for you. All of us are visual people. Every single one of us. God created us with vision. And, And in order to learn things, in order to get things, guess what we have to do? We have to see it. And there's different types of vision. There's physical vision, but there's another level of vision, and that's spiritual vision. The ability to see into the future and imagine something and say, hey, I see this. And to move in that direction of where your vision is. And some of the most successful people, some of the most successful companies, some of the most successful organizations, they have a vision and they're moving in the direction of that vision. But my fear, and the reason why we wanted to talk about this today and, and for the next few weeks is because there are too many people in our world today that don't have vision. If I were to ask you today to come up here and stand up here, it'd probably be very embarrassing, but we'll give you one of these wireless mics and for you to describe the vision for your life. I mean, clearly, where are you headed? Could you do that? Maybe some of our married couples here today, could you, could you describe for me what your vision is for your marriage? For some of us that have families, do you have a clear vision? Here's specifically where I see, I mean, I see, I see my family And I imagine it and I see it clearly where my marriage, where my family, where my kids are, and for the young people in the house, do you have a vision of where you want to be as an adult? Maybe who you want to marry, right? Do you have a vision? Is he dark? Is he is he, you know, blonde? Is he who's he like? What's she like? And not just so much the appearance. Who is this person going to be? What kind of person? Is it going to be well educated, well spoken, etc., etc.? You see, people who don't think about these things, guess what? Most of the time they don't stumble into it. It's got to be intentional. And we're going to look at a story today that it's, it's, it's good for everybody because he's one of the great, he was one of the first visionaries. And in fact, God put a vision in his eyes and in his heart. And it was really crazy because it was very late in his life. And, and there's so much power in what we, what we can imagine and what we can see. It's, it's incredible if we can just capture a vision. There's so much power in it. But too many of us don't tap into it, and we get lost in the fog of life. And so today I want to encourage you, and in the next few weeks, I want to encourage you to move towards and have a vision for your life it'll make all the difference in where you go and where you end up. So we're going to look at Abraham. At first, when we're looking at him here, his name was Abram. Now, why do we look at this story? Because Abram was about how old? Anybody know how old when God first called him? He was about 70 years old, approximately. He was an old guy. How would you like to get a vision, Marv? How would you like to get a vision right now? Never heard from God, never heard a vision. Marv. 70, I know that. Not to put him on the spot, but what would it be like at 70-year-old? You lived your most of your life, and, and now God decides to put a vision in your heart. You know, vision does not discriminate. You can get a vision no matter what stage in life you are. If you're a little more mature, I'm not going to say older, a little more mature, well along. If, if you're young, teenager, you know there's examples in the Bible of teenagers who God gave them a vision and it changed everything for the rest of their life and so vision doesn't discriminate against anybody it's not gender discriminatory, it's not age discriminatory it's not race discriminatory everybody, God wants to give vision, so we're going to look at, here's what God said to Abram in Genesis 15 verse 5, he says he took him outside, imagine dark night in the desert, you know the area where he was living. And he tells them this. Look up. Look up. Why do I want to talk about this? Because this is so important. Where are you looking today? Are you looking up? See, because God wants us to look up and not look what? Down. I'm afraid too many of us, we're living a lack of vision, and, and things are troubled, things are, 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 are dark, because guess where we're looking? Down. We walk around life like this, and it's a, it, it affects our, our expression, it affects who we are, it affects our relationships, it affects our workplace environment, and you know people around you who are looking down. God is saying this, first step, when you have a vision, where do you need to look? Up. Look up. Get out of your present situation and circumstance, no matter how troubled it is, no matter how challenging it is. Look up. Don't look down. Don't look around. Look up. Look up. What do you see? And look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Now imagine, this is out night, out in the desert. They didn't have the, 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 the pollution that we have here in L.A. and you know and they also didn't have maybe the the light pollution you know from the city lights this is out in the middle of how many stars do you think were up there that night you ever been out in the desert in a clear i mean it's scary it means like it's like the sky's going to come on top of you you can see the you can see the band of our milky way galaxy and and then you start counting is it possible no it's impossible there's too many stars and he says Count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then in verse verse 5 and 6, he says, Then he said to them, So shall your offspring be. Now, how many children did Abram have at this point? None. Seventy years old, no kids. And it was a problem. His present situation at that time and that era You know, some of us would be happy, say, Well, I don't have any children. Yeah. You know? But at that time, people had to have children. See, children were were a sign of prosperity. Children were were a sign of a blessing from God. You know, your wealth was measured was was measured by how many children you had. Abraham no no children. And that was considered in that time a curse. It was like your curse. God's not with me. He doesn't want to blast me. Now, imagine at 70 years old, God says, I'm going to give you children. Really? Now? And not only, do I'm going to give you children, I'm going to give you so many descendants that it's going to be like the stars in the sky. You won't even be able to count them. There will be millions upon millions. How many stars are in the, in the universe? Every time they go further out, the number gets bigger. They came out with some information this week. I don't know if you heard it. They found this formation of quasars and 1.6 billion light years in size. At its widest point, 4 billion light years. That's crazy. Do you know this Milky Way galaxy is only 100,000? Million light years? No, not million. A hundred thousand light years? We're talking billions? And this just blew people's mind. They had to take the 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 laws and the rules, all the scientists, and they came up with their theories and their laws. They basically took all the paperwork and threw it out. And when I heard that, I just I was speechless. What's God's limitation? Every time we learn more, he's bigger. It's bigger. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to think about that. It's just so big. Yet he looks at individuals and says, hey, I want to bless you. I want to have a relationship with you. That's encouraging. And here's the amazing thing. Abram, verse 6, Abram believed the Lord. We're going to talk about this more next week. But faith and vision are so important. That's our part. God says, hey, I want to do this in your life. He's telling Abram at 70 years old, I want to give you children. I want to give you descendants. That that was probably the hardest thing for Abram to grab a hold of. His wife was probably 60 years old. Is that childbearing years? The crazy thing is, as time went on, They didn't have the child until she was like 90. It's 20 years later. And Abram was about 100 years old. And when God first presented this this dream, they both laughed, not at God, but they laughed at themselves. They're like, really? That's hilarious. Have you seen my body lately? Are you paying attention? You don't have children that 80 or 90 years old. Both ways, the man. But what did did Abram do here? He believed. He believed. No matter how crazy the vision may seem, I want to encourage you to fight for your faith and the vision that God wants to use. And remember, it's never too late for vision. Vision doesn't discriminate. The question I have for you today is how clearly can you see? How clearly can you see? Having vision can get you out of your troubles. Did you know that? No matter what situation you are. I remember, you know, where I was right in the middle of college and there was some stuff going on. And I got a vision of where God wanted to take my life. And in a month, everything changed. That vision propelled me to a whole. My friends changed. My environment changed. My mind changed. My grades changed. Everything changed. My health changed. It, It changed everything. It got me out of a pit, out of a rut. And there's many of you here who've had the same experience. Vision can get you out of your troubles, it can move you to a whole nother level. Here's another later in Abram's life. He changed his name. God changed his name to Abraham, which means the father of many nations, not just descendants, but nations. Look what he says here in verse 17 of Genesis chapter 22. He says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars and the sky and the sands and the seashore. So let's say it's a cloudy night. He says, well, if you can't see the stars, go out to the beach. And I want you to count, if you can, I want you to count every grain of sand on that beach. That's you. That's what your descendants are going to be. You want to know the crazy thing? This came true. If you track back to Abraham and his descendants... Millions upon millions go back to Abram's, Abraham's, and there to his descendants. And if you want to talk about the faith inheritance of being grafted into that inheritance of the faith covenant, it's even more. God did this. And that's the blow away thing. And so let's, let's, talk, about, let's talk about you and me. What affects our vision? The only thing that will limit your vision is elevation. How elevated are you in your life? You know, I remember when I was a kid, we went to this place called Pikes Peak. Ever been to Pikes Peak? They race cars up there, and it's, it's pretty high. They say on a clear day at the top of Pikes Peak, on a clear day, you can see 200 miles. They say you can see all the way to Kansas, now, I don't know what you would see in Kansas if you were to see that far because there's not very much in Kansas. Maybe you see Dorothy's house. I don't know. But 200 miles! That's a long way. What are you saying? What's your vision? Honestly. You know, and before we start talking about, you know, this is things, I just want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to be honest about your marriage because honesty is the is the next step towards moving you in a direction. My fear is that some of you can't see very far. You got your blinders on. Your troubles, your situation has just completely got you down on the floor, and you can't see maybe very far in front of your face. You're just going day by day, surviving. And some of us, maybe it's not that bad, but we're not looking down the road. We're just going through life. Whatever life throws at us, we take it, we live it. God didn't create you to do that. God wants to do so much more with you and with me. And so I want to encourage you today to to get get to a higher place in your life. Get to an elevated place. Climb up somewhere and look. And I I appreciate the fact that we live in California because you can go up to the mountains and you can look up and you can look around. And just being in a higher elevation helps you to go, wow. You know, you look out there and you go, wow. And see, when you think about your vision for your life, it's very important that you also look out and look beyond your present situation and get out from the walls that are surrounding you. Here's another verse that Jesus mentioned about vision. He says, if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. You know what affects our vision? Who you surround yourself with. You know, and I'll, I'll talk about our teenagers here. This is huge, because it affected me and my vision. You hang around with dark people with that can't see and that aren't thinking about the future, not going to go very far. In fact, they could very well lead you into a pit. And I confess, I wasn't a great friend either to some of my teenage friends, because I'd lead them right into a pit. Being a leader, I said, hey, let's go and do this right into the pit. So it's very important, you know, as married couples, who are you surrounding yourself with? Do you even have real, true friends that are helping elevate your vision to a higher place? This is huge. Too many of us, we're, we're loners, we're independent. It's important that we surround ourselves with people that have a vision for their lives, for their, where they're going. Because blind people, visionless people, will both fall into a pit. Here's, here's where we're going to get practical with vision, because God, God really gives us a, a blueprint and a step-by-step plan when you have a vision. So today I want to encourage you, hey, take some time out this week to really identify what is your vision. If you're married, sit down with your wife and say, hey, where do you want us to be at the end of this year? Where do you see us being? Let's talk about it. Let's write it down. And this is, our, this is what happened. In the Old Testament, God would send Prophets. And there were some places early in the days of the prophets, these were men sent by God to to tell a story or tell a vision, to tell a prophecy about what was going to happen. But early on in the days of the prophets, they would call them seers. Because these guys could see well into the future. The amazing thing is when you read a lot of the prophets, what they said, it came to fruition in the history of humanity. But here's some instructions, some practical things about when you have a vision... Here's what, what, what the Lord said to Habakkuk, the, the, the prophet. He said, then the Lord replied, write it down. So what's the first thing you need to do with a vision? Write it down. Write the revelation or vision down and make it plain on tablets. You mean they had tablets back then? That's crazy. So we weren't the first ones with tablets. Tablets. Well, they were different tablets, but in other words, write it on something. If you've got a vision for your life, do you have it written down somewhere? If not, I want to encourage you to do that. Write it down. You know, my desk, I don't know, I uh, wouldn't want you to come there on Sundays because it's pretty messy some days, but on my desk I keep I keep phrases, I keep scriptures, I keep visions of where I want to see our church. It's very important. And I write it down. I'll print it out. I'll have it on my desktop. You know, images, pictures. Because it's so important that you and I, and last week, most of you received what we call a a big prayer card. I don't know if I have one here, but if you have yours, hold it up for me. There they are. See? If you didn't get one last week, we have some more. I want to make sure... Why do we have these cards, big prayer cards? Because it's a, it's a written down vision of what you want to see God do in your life this year. But I want us to talk about getting a specific vision for where you want to be in your life, in your relationships, in your future. What do you want to do? Where do you imagine yourself? First thing that God tells the, the prophet Habakkuk to do is write it down. And some of us will see, well, I'm too far along in my years. Let me just tell you, you are not farther. I don't think there's anybody here further along than Abram. Do we have any hundred-year-olds in the house? No, not yet. Maybe soon. But no matter how far, some of us, because we're older, we've seen a lot of things happen. We don't, we don't we renew our vision. I remember in college, I had a vision of being a missionary in Latin America and leading a church of thousands, and speaking to a, a large audience of thousands. Literally, I had this vision when I was in college. And that vision came to be in Mexico City, speaking in front of eight, 9,000 people in an auditorium. And it happened on many occasions. That came and went. I had to ask myself a few years back, Okay, so that was your vision then. What's your vision now? And maybe, maybe it's not something grandiose like that. That, That's just what God gave me, and and I don't know what your vision, and and we can't compare visions. Visions are personal. Visions are, are about you and what God wants to do in your life. What's your vision? Do you have it written down? And then it says here write down the revelation and make it what? Make it clear, make it plain. Playing to who? Plain to you and the people around you. Is your vision clear? Do you have a clear path on how to get there? And we're not talking about pie in the sky stuff. Well, I want to live in Beverly Hills and I want to do this and I want to have this. And hold on a second. You've heard that from somebody else. No, I'm talking about something at a deeper level, specific about you and what you have and where God wants to lead you. Because there's so much more to life. And Beverly Hills. Okay? This, this is about something real. Something significant. Where only you could make that difference. Make it clear and write it down on tablet. And then further on he says, so that the herald may run with it. Meaning, in other words, you can move on it. You can move on it. Then chapter in chapter 2, verse 3, it says, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false though it linger. Wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. You know one of the things about a vision? It's tested. You know one of the enemies that we have with vision and faith is time. Time goes by. Well, you know, I had a vision last year and it didn't happen. Vision yells at us. It's not going to happen. It screams in our face so much time has gone by and it still hasn't happened. Time's going by. Time's going by. And we don't realize. That, that's a, that could be an enemy to our vision. That's what happened to Abraham. But he kept on holding on to the vision. And we have to wait. You know, we live in a society where we have instant everything. Instant oatmeal, microwavable foods, You know, you got high-speed Internet. You want answers. You can get them right now to any question, anything that comes up. Everything's instant. You can drive from here to there. Here in California, it's worse. You can be in the beach, in the mountains, in the desert, all in one day. I mean, it's, it's instant everything. Push a button. Visions don't happen that way. In fact, marriage... Building a marriage, building a family is not instant. It's years of perseverance and persistence. And visions are the same way. It takes time. And you've got to wait. You've got to be persistent. You've got to stay at it. Because God's promise for us is it it will not delay. So this is, this is kind of our, our point here. So if you've been kind of distracted, I want you to come on back now. If you're texting, you're sending messages, come on back here. This is the point of our message today. This is why you're here today. What you're doing today, what are you doing today to move you closer to your personal vision? What are you doing today? What are you going to do today that's going to move you towards your vision? Because time is going by. And you're not doing anything that's going to move you towards your vision. I'll give you a small example. If you're a student and you want to go to a good college, what are you going to do today to move you towards that vision? Maybe it'll start with doing your homework tonight. Do you realize that doing your homework tonight and doing a great job on that paper is going to move you one step closer to your vision of being successful? You know, finishing that report for work tomorrow and doing it with excellence. Whatever it is, making a phone call, reconciling a relationship. If you're married and it's not going well, sitting down today and having a conversation to put things back together again and saying, I'm sorry, that moves you closer towards your vision. But you and I have to be intentional about what we do. Every day is an opportunity to take one more step towards our vision. So i leave you with this question. What are you doing today that moves you closer to your personal vision? And every day's an opportunity. And so I want to talk about what we have as a vision for our church for 2013 and beyond. What, what, what is the church's vision? What is our vision as a church? Here it is: creating a church where people who don't, for people who don't attend church that's what we want to do as a church creating a church for people who don't attend church most of the churches in our area here are created for who church people you can tell right away when you walk in because they got their lingo they got their songs they got their 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 group you know their click and sometimes when you walk into a new church you're going to feel right away whether you feel in place or not you know why? Because you're going to be warmly welcomed. You're going to, be, you're going to feel like you can, you can connect. And this is for, for our members. I, guys, guys, I want you to know and understand what is our vision for our church. We want to create a church where people who don't go to church, and that's the great majority of our population. Do you realize how many people don't go to church in our geographic area? It's the grand majority. Who's going to help them? Who's going to create a place where they can walk in those doors and say, hey, come on in. It's so great to have you. That the music, they can connect with the music. They can connect with the lesson. You know, they can connect with you and your small group. And, and, and it's just like, and you can tell the difference. I remember the, the church that I started attending as a college student. It wasn't this. It was awkward. I went to services and sat in the back, and I didn't get anything that they were saying they were talking to themselves. They weren't talking to me. I was a fly on the wall. I was just there. They were whipping out so many things, talking about so many different things. I had no idea. And then they'd whip through the Bible. They did like 20 scriptures, 20 Bible places in one lesson. And I saw people next to me and they're going, you know, and they're whipping through it. And I felt so stupid. I felt so stupid because I didn't even know what was what in the Bible. I never read the Bible. Are we going to create a church that people who don't go to church feel comfortable with? And then our mission is this. Our mission is helping people into a growing relationship with God. That's what we want to do as a church. That's our vision and that's our mission. So what are we going to do today to move us towards that? It's as simple as a phone call. It's as simple as a prayer time. It's as simple as as a say hello, how are you? It's as simple as be present here today, and reach out and help each other grow. And for the next next few weeks, this is what we're going to look at. Today we're looking at our present vision. Next week we're going to talk about faith and vision. This is so important. And then week three we're going to talk about vision for family. Week four, Jamie Slobodnik's going to talk about vision for community. And we need to have a vision for our community. What what, what are we going to do? How can we help our community? And we're going to have an opportunity next Saturday to do something to make our community that much better. To leave a footprint of positive impact, positive influence. We care. We're involved. And then the last week, vision, your financial vision. Which is a huge need right now, in our society. So let's wrap it up. What will vision do for your life? Vision will give you guidance. Vision is a picture of a desired future. Where do you want to be? really? Where do you want to see your marriage? Do you realize that people encounter struggles and hardship because they never had a vision? People get married and their marriage doesn't work because they never had a vision of where they wanted and who they wanted to marry. They just got married. How crazy is that? You know, and and today we've got these navigational systems and all these things. We got to know where we're going, but we won't implement that in our lives. We won't do that with our lives. If you want to have a great family, it starts out with a vision. Where do you want to be? And then a plan on how to get there. And we as a church want to give you the tools on how to do that. So that you don't have to walk around wondering, how do I build a great family? How do I build a great marriage? God has great practical answers for us. Vision is a a picture of a desired future. And vision is inspirational. When people have vision, they're fired up. They wake up in the morning, yeah, I get a shot. I get a shot at at being at a different level, a different place. But how about people that don't have vision? They're not inspired. They're not fired up. It can make every bit of difference in your life this year if you choose and you decide to have a vision. So let's wrap this up. Abraham. Do you realize that he didn't have any children when he was given this call? And during his lifetime, during his lifetime, he only had one child. Did he ever see the stars in the sky? Did he ever realize all that God said? No. He just had one child or two children, but the, 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 the true child that was going to receive the inheritance was one, Isaac. That's all he had, one child. But what did God do after he was gone? The reason why I want to mention this is what we do today doesn't just affect what happens in our lifetime. If we realize our vision as a church, it doesn't just affect us in this room. And it doesn't just affect us that are in this lifetime, in this generation. Do you realize that what we do is going to echo into our future? long after we're gone. But the same could be said, if we don't have a vision and go after a vision, what's going to become of the future of the next generation after us? And those of you that have children, I know how important they are to you. What kind of legacy do you want to leave for them? Do you want to leave a legacy of vision, of hope, of inspiration, so they don't have to meander through life Just existing, buying stuff, selling stuff, and then dying? Is that it? What do we want to leave the next generation? What kind of church do we want to leave our children and our children's children? It starts right now. And Abram went after, Abraham went after his vision, trusting God was going to do it. And look what happened. He was going to be in his line and his descendants was going to come. The Son of God, the Messiah. And I want to wrap things up in, in preparation for, for communion. Before we go there, I want to encourage you today to leave here today having a clear vision. If you don't have one, I want to encourage you to take some time out this week to get one. And that in our relationships, in our friendships, that we'll talk about this. You may need some help. Maybe you need to get on the internet and find out how to how to do a vision, how to have a vision. There's plenty of information out there, but I would encourage you to st- slow down and pray and, and, and ask God, okay, where do you want to take me? And it never fails. He puts things on our heart. And then, number two, lost my connection here, I'm sorry. Could somebody help me and click it there? Always at the end. There it is. If you have one, I want to encourage you to move towards it. Start moving towards that vision. And then the next the next one, uh, Adrian, just go ahead and click them all the way. Number three is write down and share it with somebody. Write it down and share it with somebody. And the last one is ask the question each day, what am I doing today to move me one step closer towards my vision? What am I doing today to move me one step closer towards my vision and I I gotta say this before we look at this verse before communion some of you have been attending church for a little while and you know what God has put on your heart to get in a right relationship with him and you've been putting it off I want to encourage you to make the decision this week and get baptized and get in a right relationship with God you know it's the right thing to do you know where, it's been, where He's been leading you. And I want to encourage you to do that. And for some of you, maybe it's your first time. I don't want you to feel pressured. Hey, I want you to come back next week and hear about faith and vision. But this is so important to living a life that is full and in a right relationship with God. So let's open our Bibles now. We're going we're to use our Bibles now. If you brought one, or turn it on or flip it on. When you talk about vision... How badly did Jesus want us to have vision? And what was his vision of the relationship that he wanted with us? Look in John chapter 15. In verse 12, here's what what Jesus said. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. What is Jesus talking about as far as the relationship that he wants to have with his followers and with you and I? He wants us to be friends. Can you imagine that? That the Son of God wants to have a friendship with you and I? How badly did he want that friendship? He was willing to lay down his life for it. You know, some of some of you younger people think that this is about going to church and being a Christian. No, this is not about that. This is about having a relationship with God. Having a friendship with Jesus who wants to forgive you and help you and bless you. And in verse 15 or 14, he says here, if you are my friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you what? Friends. Let me ask you a question today. Do you have a friend that's willing to lay down his life for you? Like Jesus laid down his life for us? I don't. I got a lot of nice friends. I don't think they'd be willing to die for me like that. Today, before we take the communion, how badly does Jesus want you to have a vision? How badly does Jesus want a relationship with you? He was willing to lay down his life for you. That's That's powerful.